Hello everyone and welcome to Nice Today FC. I'm Josh Taylor. Well, February is almost over and you know what that means. We are that much closer to kickoff for the 2022 Nisa season. We've got lots of storylines to recap since our last episode. Plenty of player sightings. And of course, we got some teams in preseason right now, some teams in training, some teams in tryouts, and I'll share some thoughts on what the new teams have been up to lately. So, very excited to be here, guys. Hope you guys had a safe uh, Presence Day weekend, and sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. So let's start in New York, in Rochester, where I know my last episode, you know, some people were worried about, you know, Flower City Union, and, you know, they only had a few sightings. They've been very active on social media, but we're going to hear about their coach and all these things. Well, everyone, we can finally put that to rest, because on February 12th, Flower City Union, they posted a tweet on Twitter to announce their coaching staff. So the team finally does have a head coach, and his name is Zach Agliata. He is going to be coaching the team. And Flower City Union, you know, they've created a lot of buzz on social media. I'm kind of excited to see what this new team is going to bring to not just a place like Rochester where they haven't played professional soccer in so long, but Nisa. And I've seen a bit of their uh, YouTube series of Behind the Union, and it looks pretty good, guys. I don't know what your guys' thoughts on that. You can let me know on Twitter or you can DM me. I thought it was really good from what I've seen so far on that series. Very excited to see now that their coaching staff is all situated, what team does next. So that's the first big story. The next one I have here is... Of course, the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, the U.S. Soccer Federation uh, announced the round two pairings for the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. This is when the NISA teams are expected to enter for the month of April, April 5th to the 7th. They announced all the matchups for the NISA teams. So I will go over those shortly. All right, everyone. So the big story, the big story from the past couple weeks is, of course, the lawsuit involving New Hampshire FC and Chicago House AC against NISA to try to acquire either a temporary restraining order or a preliminary injunction to force the court to basically get NISA to add them on schedule for the league for the upcoming 2022 season. And that request was denied. Now, before I kind of get into the my thoughts on that situation. Let me just kind of give you a, a, a timeline, a brief timeline on how this all came about. So according to Mike Lenard, he is the reporter for BloombergLaw.com. He posted an article on February 8th that Lawrence Gerard was going to fall through his suit and actually did file a lawsuit against the league to try to get an injunction. And of course, uh, the Knights say Nisa 
podcast, posted a tweet on February 9th to confirm that Lawrence Gerard was going to try to force that injunction to allow both Chicago House and New Amsterdam FC to play this year. However, on Super Bowl Sunday, which was on February 13th, I saw a tweet from Mike Pendleton. Uh, he is at Fat7Deuce. He posted on Twitter that Lawrence Gerard's mandatory injunction against NISA to play 2022 has failed and that the next steps would be to go to arbitration between Gerard and the league to settle other matters and determine what relationship will look like in the future. And of course, on Valentine's Day, we actually got confirmation from Mike Leonard from BloombergLaw.com that their appeal to get remade to the league via a temporary restraining order has failed. And Stephen Bank at Proof Bank, who we know covers lots of the lawsuits in soccer these days. He's also a UCLA law professor. And he kind of gave his reasoning there talking about here on Twitter that, which I thought was interesting because normally in most cases, when you lose the first round in a lawsuit, you would think right away, you're going to file an appeal. Like you're not happy. You're going to file an appeal. But according to Stephen Bank, both New Amsterdam FC and Chicago House AC have decided to voluntarily dismiss their complaint. So they dropped the, the lawsuit. And as Mike Pendleton alluded to, on, I shared on his tweet there. And of course, the Nights of podcast and protagonist soccer, they said the same thing that they believe that we're most likely going to go to some type of arbitration hearing at this point. Now, I knew with this. Last minute play with an injunction was a long shot. I didn't feel that it was going to kind of move the needle one way or the other at this point. I can understand why they tried it considering the circumstances, but at the same time, we're like, we're late in the ball game. January 31st already passed. U.S. soccer, I kind of give Nisa so many extensions. They are just keep doing it to try to get their, their team sorted out. And Nisa decided, you know, these 10 teams are ready to go. And we're just going to roll that from the season. And you guys, New Amsterdam, Chicago House, are going to have to sit out and get things sorted out. Now, in Lawrence Gerard's case, you know, this ain't the only lawsuit he was trying to go with. He's got other lawsuits to deal with, mainly against his company, Fruit Street. I know I was reading an article on protagonist soccer, and they kind of talked about the lawsuits that Lawrence Gerard's been dealing with, not just this one that I, we just talked about, but also talking about his company, Fruit Street, and how he's they've been dealing with uh, allegedly that uh, all the loans that they've been trying to get have been in default on merchant cash advances for their investors to raise quick capital. Now, I know the concern that a lot of people have talked about is they got so many investors, but do they even know like where all the money is going to? Like, that's usually always a concerning thing when you see situations like that. And you know, I don't know what's going to result in that, but in this situation, but it certainly doesn't look good. And not only that, New Amsterdam FC has also been dealing with a situation where 
they did not provide workers' compensation coverage during the most recent fall 2021 season to their players. And in the state of New York, they do require all businesses to have some type of workers' compensation insurance. So New Hampshire FC is dealing with that as well, and it's just a hot mess. And like I alluded to my last episode, it just seems like it keeps getting worse and worse and worse. So it's not looking good. And I know Professor Bank, he did posted some legal documents on here, but it's heavily redacted. So we can't see like the whole case on all the details. Um, I know he mentioned on here that the judge did not give a reason why he dismissed the case. We don't know exactly what the plaintiffs are going to do. Now, as I mentioned, they have dropped their lawsuit and determined their next steps. And as we mentioned for arbitration, we don't know how it's going to go, guys. Um, most likely, I'm sure both parties would try, which would be New Hampshire and Chicago House, would try to get some type of monetary damage compensation. They could talk to the, because I mean, Lawrence Gerard, even though I don't put a lot of stock in this, claims that they're going to try to f- do their own lien, which to me doesn't make a lot of sense, especially if there's no guarantee you're going to get sanctioned from U.S. soccer, uh, unless you want to be in the amateur league. And then um, the other option they have is they can kind of repair that relationship, try to get back in good standing with the league. Okay, you're going to sit out this year for NISA Pro for 2022, but maybe present a path forward to come back in 2023. I think that would be, to me, reasonably the most likely scenario. But we don't know, guys, how this is going to play out. You know how it is with lower division soccer? Crazy stuff happens. And we just don't know how it's going to play out. Since this is arbitration, it's going to be kind of private meetings. So we're not going to get all the details until once a decision has been made. I'm just hoping for the best case scenario, which to me, okay, both of these sides, New Hampshire, FC, and Chicago House, just you know, deal with it. They sit out this year. Maybe there might be an alternative where they could maybe play, like Nisa Nation or another semi-pro league maybe for this year and then come back in 2023 just to keep that fan interest going. But regardless, at this point, it's very likely that they will go on hiatus and sit out for Nisa for this upcoming season. Now, there was rumors going around. I did see on social media, as far as related to Chicago House, AC, is that they were considering a move to the Midwest Premier League. But uh, according to Chicago House Daily's Instagram posts, which they posted on February 10th, President and CEO Peter Wills uh, shut down those rumors that the House would consider joining the semi-pro league this summer and says the club is continuing their efforts to remain in NISA. Now, they did also ask about his thoughts about the New Hampshire NRC in the lawsuit, but now that we know that both teams are involved, that's probably why he didn't comment on anything. And they're, like I said earlier, just trying to figure out the next steps. Now, I don't know with this latest news with their lawsuit being tossed and both sides dropping their, their 
their suit, if they're going to consider all the alternatives, would Peter will maybe reconsider playing the Midwest Premier League this summer? I mean, they are still accepting applications, as far as I know. And Union Dubuque FC, they're sitting out this year. So that kind of opens up a spot for them if they really want to play soccer this year. I understand it's a summer league, but at least you kind of get back out there, get some momentum going, and, you know, you can use the fall that you're not going to play to kind of get your house in order, no pun intended, <laughs> but to uh, – you know, with staff and coaches and this and that, and, you know, build for 2023 and market for that season. Assuming you guys are coming back. And most importantly, I still believe that Chicago house in order to move forward needs to continue to find primary investors to help build that club to where it wants to be. And I still think that's the best case for them. That's your name for AMC. Well, you know, Lawrence Gerard's in a hot mess right now. I don't know how he's going to get himself out of this one. Uh, we'll have to see how it plays out with them. But, you know, Nisa, they they feel so confident they can find other teams in other markets or in places like New York. So, you know, we, we, we don't know how it's going to play out. We will just have to wait and see what happens. All right, let's talk about the U.S. Open Cup matchups real quick for round two. And we got some very exciting matchups. We got Albion San Diego taking on San Diego Loyal SC. That's the uh, USL championship side. We also got Bay Cities FC hosting Monterey Bay FC. So we got two new expansion teams facing off against each other. But these next two matchups I'm very excited about. Chattanooga FC hosting Memphis 901 FC. Now, I know a lot of us were hoping, come on, let's get Chattanooga Derby. I want to see them play against the Red Wolves. We're not getting that, at least not for this round. But we're getting an in-state rivalry there. And look, I'm very looking forward to this matchup between these two clubs. I think it's going to be a really good game. And, you know, the fact that Chattanooga FC is going to host it is, is exciting. I think uh, those fans will, will get into it that game and you know the the Memphis 901 FC fans are going to travel as well and for Chattanooga FC let's face it they've had U.S. Open Cup experience they've been in it before they know what it takes and it's gonna be a fun game to watch however I think most of the people are going to keep their eye on this next matchup here Detroit City FC former Nisa side hosting Michigan Stars FC of course Detroit City FC we all know they moved to USL Championship and Michigan Stars FC you know, we know those two teams don't like each other. And we all know what happened last time <laughs> when these two sides played at Keyworth Stadium. Man, it was crazy. Uh, the you guys and the fans of Detroit CFC getting at it. And these two teams just hate each other, man. And this is going to be the, the game to watch for this round for sure. I was wondering which team was going to have a first crack at Detroit City FC. It's going to be Michigan Stars FC. Don't think they're going to be able to upset Detroit City FC, but it's the Open Cup. You never know. Strange things can always happen. And with those two teams and that rivalry and everything that's been happening with them, you never know what's going to happen. All right. Next matchup, we got Orange County FC versus LA Force. Now, Orange County FC, they're the USL uh, championship champions. <laughs> and then uh, you got LA Force. You know, been one of the solid teams in, in, in NISA. And, 
they might be one of the favorites to to win now that Detroit City FC is gone. So that's going to be a very interesting matchup out there on the West Coast. You also got Phoenix Rising FC hosting Val United FC. That's going to be a cool matchup as well. Pittsburgh Riverhounds SC will be hosting Maryland Bobcats FC. Now, there's going to be a, a very interesting matchup up there at uh, Highmark Stadium. Going to definitely keep my eye on that one as well. AC Syracuse Pulse. Hmm. They will be hosting either Westchester United or FC Motown, whoever wins that matchup. And then we have Flower City Union. They'll be hosting the winner between Western Mass Pioneers or Brockton FC United. And then Cal United Strikers FC, they'll be hosting either San Fernando Valley FC or Escondido FC. So that's kind of the, the lead, the, the my stories from the past couple weeks that I thought was very interesting from Nisa and looking forward to more news. I'm sure we get more news as we get closer to the season kicking off. And at least once the season kicks off, we'll got plenty of games to recap and can't wait to get back to doing predictions and interviewing people and all that stuff and getting back into that side of things once again. Now let's go on to player sign. Hello everyone. Just want to add a quick correction with the U.S. Open Cup. The LA Force will actually be playing Orange County SC, Orange County Soccer Club, not Orange County FC. That's my fault. I wrote it down wrong. There is actually a club called Orange County FC, but they are a semi-pro UPSL team, and they are not in the Open Cup. So it's Orange County Soccer Club, the defending USL championship champions, who the LA Force will be playing in April for the second round of the U.S. Open Cup. So just wanted to make that quick correction. I apologize. Now we can move on to player signings. All right, everyone. I got lots of signings to cover for this segment. So just bear with me here. Let's start in Los Angeles. So the LA Force, they are bringing back players that you're very familiar with. Midfielder. Cyro Reese de Oliveira. They're also bringing back Diego Barrera. Midfielder Edson Alvarado. Goalkeeper Brandon Gomez. Defender Kavi Kashani. Defender Juan Pablo Osegueda. Defender Eric Villatoro. Seamus McLaughlin. He's coming back as well. Midfielder Abraham Milon. And that's what I got from LA Force so far. Chattanooga FC, they have signed Nisa second team all-league goalkeeper Kevin Gonzalez. Of course, we all know he had played for Stumptown AC and was Coach Rod Underwood's number one keeper this past fall season for Stumptown. Chattanooga has also signed for Taylor Gray. Taylor Gray was with Maryland Bobcats FC, and now he's joining Chattanooga FC. And who's Chattanooga FC's first game next month? Oh, that's right. Maryland Bobcats FC. So 
Ooh, I wonder if we got a new rivalry kind of brewing between those two clubs there. Chattanooga FC, they have also signed defender Giuseppe Drew to an academy contract, and he will be expected to get some minutes on the first team this year. Now, Cal United Strikers FC, I know they're in preseason training right now, but um, they announced some players they're bringing back as well. Similar to LA Force, a lot of the players they're bringing back, you already know them. So Andy Contreras coming back. Brady, Trennan, Aiden Bowers, Chile, Araneda, Christian Tierjean. The Nisa Golden Boot winner Omar Nuno will be back. Tony Lopez, Philippe, Borio Jr., Gonzalo, Soguero, Duncan, Capriati, Jean Antoine, who was our starting goalkeeper this past season, Xavier Fuerte, Garrett Hogan, and most of those players you already know from Cal United Strikers. I'm sure they will add maybe a few new players to join their team, but since our last episode, haven't heard any new signings as of yet. All right, let's see what some former NISA players are moving on to next in their journey for their soccer career. USL League One side Tormenta FC, they have signed former Stumptown AC defender Deshawan Nemhard. He played for Stumptown and now he's moving on to Tormenta FC. They got another signing that I'll talk about in a few minutes. USL Championship side Detroit City FC, they have signed former Cal United Strikers FC midfielder Michael Bryant. Huge move there. He had played three seasons for the Strikers, scored 31 goals in 49 appearances. Another USL League One team, Central Valley Fuego FC, they have signed Ozzy Ramos, and he had played most recently with Albion San Diego. Former Chattanooga FC midfielder Cameron Woodfin, he is signed with Australian semi-pro side Northeastern Metrostars Soccer Club. This is a team based in Adelaide, South Australia, and the team plays in the National Premier Leagues of South Australia. USL Championship side expansion team Monterey Bay FC. They have signed former Albion San Diego player Sam Strong. So let's talk about another expansion team, this time in Nisa, that's been busy signing players. That will be Flower City Union. Now, I alluded to earlier, they had just signed their coaching staff. And after they announced their coaching staff, now it's the players' turn to get some love. So Andrea Brigoni, I mentioned him in our last episode, but he's been officially signed now, uh, defender from Portugal. They also brought in Dre Diaz. He's a wingback, and he had played at MPSL side Southern States FC. They also signed Mitchell Brickman, who is a defender, Colin Muller, another defender, Alex Ansko, he's a midfielder, and they also signed Arion Sobers Asu. He's a forward who played for Nova FC. Brought in Jose Sierra. He's another player that can play on the wing. He played for Miami Dutch Lions FC. Mikel Ortega, he is going to be the goalkeeper um, that they just signed. He played 
at Miami United. Sunil Veracone, he's a midfielder. Marcus Micheletti, he's a right back. He played in Sweden. Jordan Sailing, he's a midfielder who recently played at Hartford Athletic. Giancarlo Canas Jarquin, he's a midfielder from L.A. And the other sign they brought in is Austin Kranick. He was played at Fort Wayne FC, and he is another player that can play on the wing. Maryland Bobcats FC, they add another goalkeeper, John Hollinger. And Central Valley Fuego from USL League One, they also signed former Cal United Strikers goalkeeper Mitch North. And Tormenta FC out of USL League One, they have also signed former New Amsterdam FC striker Arthur Basua. All right, everyone, so let's get into the league news segment of the show. Now, last week on February 16th, the National Independent Soccer Association announced that they had solidified their playoff format for the 2022 championship. Now, the most notable change for this upcoming season is the league did away with the single table, and they are now going back to a East West divisional format. Now, the last time the league had this format was during the league's inaugural season in 2019. The playoffs will see the top three teams from each division, and it'll be a bracketed format based on points. The top teams in each division will receive a bye into the semifinal round, while the second place teams will be seated at three and four, and the third place teams will be seated at five and six. Just in case you need a refresher, the, the West Coast division will have Albion San Diego, Bay Cities FC, Cal United Strikers FC, LA Force, and Valley United FC. The East division will have AC Syracuse Pulse, Chattanooga FC, Flower City Union, Maryland Bobcats FC, and the Michigan Stars FC. And I'll read the quote here real quick from the commissioner, John Pruch. And he says, quote, the two divisions are very well balanced with both, including clubs with longer histories and those making their debuts. This format, though, allows for the clubs putting together a stellar season that earned opportunity to have a favorable path to the title. They also note here that there will not be divisional championship matches. And uh, I think that's you know, very interesting that the league's going to that format for this year. I think mainly it's because you have 10 teams that, as I mentioned, geographically aligned, five in the East, five in the West Coast. I'm sure finances also played a role to keep costs down. And we have an unbalanced schedule. So in the end, I think it works out perfectly for the league. The only question I have now is, are they going to keep this long-term? Or are we eventually going back to the single table again? You guys can let me know on my social media handles what you think. And, of course, just as a reminder, the season ends on October 15th. The playoffs will start on October 22nd. The semifinal will be on October 29th. 
And of course, the final will be on November 5th. Now, I did see a rumor going around on Reddit that AC Syracuse was talking to Peter Fuller about maybe being their head coach for the upcoming season. Of course, this was a couple of weeks ago. I haven't heard much on that end or anything on AC Syracuse Pulse. If anybody knows anything about them or any information, please let me know. I think we're all trying to find out what's going on with that club. They haven't posted anything on their social media handles since January. And we're just wondering if they're going to play. But, you know, like Flower City Union, they took a while to get some things going and only had a few player signings. And then once they announced their coaching staff, then boom, everything just took off. So I guess AC Syracuse Pulse is adopting a similar strategy. At least we hope. Now, according to the First Team podcast, they did post an article about New Jersey Teamsters who currently play in Nisa Nation. And they talked about that they may be sitting out and not be playing in Nisa Nation for 2022. So thought that was interesting. Remember, this is a club that had aspirations to play Nisa Pro, didn't get the money to where they needed to play pro, so they like to play Nisa Nation this past year. Now they may be sitting out. So a little bit concerning, if you ask me, but who knows? Maybe they might look at another one of the Nisa affiliate leagues to consider as a backup option. Now, we also saw a, a rumor, according to a tweet posted from Kaiser at Kaiser Stallings, and he posted that he posted a tweet talking about that the UPSL and Nisa Nation are having preliminary discussions about some type of some type of alliance. Now, I know Nisa's been busy trying to recruit other leagues to get in their pyramid. I don't know if this is going to lead to anything. As we saw many times with Nisa Nation, I know they've been very open about having conversations with other leagues and, you know, forming affiliations, but talks can tend to break down. You just never know. So we'll see what happens. I'm not going to put too much stock in this one until we get more information down the road on what those results lead to. And finally, her new segment, Valley United FC's kits will be manufactured by Capelli Sports. All right, everyone, for my final thoughts, it's going to be another Nisa preseason recap so far. Bay City's FC, their first preseason game will actually be this week. They will be playing Sacramento Republic FC from USL Championship. So that will be on February 22nd. And then their next matchup after that will be against Napa Valley 1839 FC on February 26th. Valley United FC, they played Sporting Kansas City on February 11th and got a nil-nil draw. They had another preseason match on February 17th against FC Arizona. Uh, it was a closed scrimmage, and I have not heard what the score was on that one. Valley United FC's next preseason match will be on February 25th when they will be taking on Phoenix Rising FC, and that will be another 
closed door scrimmage. LA Force and Cal United Strikers FC, they're currently in their preseason training right now. I have not heard anything yet on when they'll have any expedition or preseason matches coming up, but as soon as we hear something, we will let you know. Albion San Diego, they had a preseason match last week against New Mexico United. I'm assuming it's another closed-door scrimmage because we haven't heard any score updates or who scored or anything like that. Michigan Stars FC, their tryouts were on February 12th and 13th. Still no update on any player signings, but I did see on social media that they have been in preseason training, and I would expect probably the next week or two they will probably start announcing like the other these teams, there are players that they're going to bring back for the upcoming season. Chattanooga FC, they completed their first week of preseason training, and they had their first preseason match this past weekend against Beeman United. And Beeman United, they are a new semi-pro team based out of Nashville. So... That's what I've heard from around the league with Nice team so far. Of course, Flower City Union, as I mentioned earlier, their behind the union vlog video on YouTube is really good. Really like it. And I think, you know, I would love to see more Nisa teams get into doing stuff like that. That's really cool. I know fans really enjoy that behind the scenes content. But that's what I've seen from around the league from preseason so far. And that will wrap up my final thoughts. All right, everyone. Well, that will conclude today's show for Nisa Today FC. If you like the show, have any comments or feedback or suggestions, you can reach out to me on my personal Twitter page. It's at JT underscore Taylor 88. And if you want to follow any updates on the show, please follow our social media handles on Twitter at Nisa underscore Today FC, on Instagram at Nisa underscore Today FC, and we also have our Facebook page. It's at Nisa Today FC. I am very close to getting an interview lined up. I'm not going to announce it just yet. I'm still finalizing a couple more, but keep following those social media pages. And I will let you know when I get one. It could get one that I can post later this week. But I'll let you know once it's all official in the next couple of days. Until then, it's been a pleasure, guys, uh, chatting with you all today. You enjoy the rest of your week. And I'll see you next time. <laughs>